Hello, and welcome to Connected by Life. I'm your host, Sean Paul Harrison. Connected by Life was created to have engaging conversations about important topics that impact physicians and our clinical stakeholders in regards to organ and tissue donation and transplantation. We're going to talk to Risa Gilmore about how her loss was turned into a lifetime mission of helping bereaved families while providing resources for physicians and healthcare workers. My guest is Risa Gilmore. She's a donor mom and the founder of The Rescue Group. She's such an inspiring human that I've known for almost 15 years and is dedicated to sharing the story and supporting the lives of others who experience loss. first episode, if you all not listened to it, I would highly encourage everyone to go back and hear the beginning of this beautiful, uh, this beautiful, powerful story. Um, today, uh, we're going to be discussing the path of healing and the evolution of what Reese has created from Clint's loss, which is the rescue group. So, Reese, I'd like for you to share with the audience a little bit about what the rescue group is and how it started. Well, the rescue group, we are a nonprofit um, local to Acadiana. We serve 10 parishes. We assist families that suffer the unimaginable loss of a child between the ages of one and 18. And we provide families financial aid for end of life expenses. So burial or cremation or medical or medical bills. And then we also provide parents and caretakers ongoing bereavement support. So free counseling trauma therapy. Um, Also, we have a child life program, which we assist the siblings of loss that have been affected by sibling loss. And we also provide them with uh, support and resources to help them. Arisi, that is is incredible because I have to give a little personal story here because I remember a couple of years ago, you actually showed me this idea on a napkin (laughs) at a restaurant. And so to see that beautiful artwork that you portrayed to me and now, you know, honestly, like just how large this has become. Um, I mean, how did you think about this? And then what allowed you to take that step into what this been and what you created? Well, I knew that when I lost Clint, I did not know what direction to go. I had truly, I'd never really buried a loved one. Um, I didn't know at all what to do next. I felt very alone in my grief. And throughout the years dealing with other bereaved families, I knew that we had a community right here that felt the same. And these families were longing for a place to be supported and a place to where they could find some sort of hope. And so when we created the rescue group, it was the, it was basically formed off of everything that I didn't have and needed. And, you know, I always have said, Sean Paul, you know, and when you and I sat there at lunch that day at that table, you know, I told you, I said, I was blessed to have a LOPA but not everybody gets a LOPA. And my biggest thing is everybody needs a LOPA, whatever that may be. And so I said, I want to try to help create that for families so they have a soft place to rest their broken heart. And um, 
And it was, it was one of those things when we started to put together this organization, it, the moment we announced that we were opening our doors, people flooded to us, um, people that had past losses. And then all of a sudden, you know, we had people reaching out to us um, who were going through the tragedy right then. So the rescue group, and I'll just explain this briefly, we step in at the moment of tragedy. We step in and we offer families a basic step-by-step process on what to do next. So we act as an emotional compass from funeral planning to um, providing keepsakes. I mean, we go to the funeral home and we do handprints, hair lockets, you know, footprints when we can, because, you know, this is, this is all they're going to get. And to provide these families with something that they get to tangibly hold on to is so important. Um, so we found it in 2021 and to date, which today is, you know, December, um, we've served 210 families and that's 210 children that have, that have passed. Um, but we support emotionally support, um, about 400, 450 parents, caretakers and siblings. So it's a large number. Well, just going back to one of the things that you mentioned previously is that, you know, every family that has lost someone, especially for children, since that's what we're focusing on right now, um, every gift that they're able to give, whether it's organ tissue or eye donation, is, is so incredible to be able to not only save and heal the life of others, but what it does for that family. But it's so important because you're right, not every family that loses a child has the opportunity of donation. So what you all provided is not only the the financial assistance and and you know the emotional and everything else but they don't feel alone you know and i think that's the most important thing is that these these families don't feel alone they're they're not necessarily experiencing the same loss but it's similar and so i think that you know you all creating that environment for those families is just so vital well and that's exactly you know you 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 nailed it right there i mean that was the one thing that we felt so strongly about was being able to offer these families a mentorship uh, program that they could get involved with and be, you know, provided a mentor that maybe has gone through a similar loss. Somebody that's walked this road a little bit further ahead of them that um, can just help provide support and guidance. And it would be, you know, like for me, losing Clint, Clint Drown. So we would we would provide another family, you know, somebody that, a, a mentor that has also, their children have suffered to drowning. Um, you know, suicide, being able to take a, a family that has, has, you know, suffered, you know, a suicide, um, to be able to let, to have them share with each other is so important. It's just relatability. You want somebody to just say, I get it. I get it. Um, because the world out there doesn't, mm-hmm. thankfully, right? Exactly. The majority of the people out there, and we don't, we don't want them to, we do not want them to get it. Um, but, you know, being, being a bereaved parent, you just feel so alone and often crazy. You know, sometimes you feel like, 
am I, am I crazy? Is it crazy that I sat in his closet and smelt his blanket all night long? Is it crazy that I, you know, can't move his tennis shoes from where he left them? Is it crazy that, you know, I've taken all the crumbs from his car seat and put them in a Ziploc and held onto him and put them in a curio cabinet? You know what I mean? Like it's all those moments that to the outside world, people may look and say, oh my gosh, you're crazy to another three parent. Chances are they've done something very similar. Well, I think that's so important for you know, yourself and other families that have gone through this to share those stories because unfortunately there's going to be other families that have gone through it and then they'll realize that, you know, that they're not crazy. This is not, you know, it's, it's their own, it's their own journey. And, you know, I remember one of the things that we had talked about a long time ago, even before you started the rescue group, you were sharing a story at a hospital with physicians and health coworkers and nursing staff, you know, so that they could hear from, from a donor family. You said that there's, there's no rule book for loss. But I think what's incredible is that what your organization is providing is resources that can at least give some guidance because they don't know where to go, you know, and I know that I've, you know, we've seen it personally as, as far as for the impact that it's had, you know, with the, the resources that you're all providing these families, not only the parents, but also the children. Yeah. So we were, one of the things that we are so proud of is that we have um, designed what's called the rescue guide. And this is a tangible booklet that people, that families can have and it lays it out. I mean, it gives in a sense a step-by-step process. I mean, everybody does it different, but just to be able to have something to refer back to is so helpful because you are, you're just, you're, you're lost. You don't know what to do. So we're really proud of our rescue guide. We've kind of touched on it before, but I'd like to go back to it since we do have a lot of physicians and healthcare staff that are tuning into these podcasts. And I think that it would be really important for them, especially hearing it from a donor family or not even a donor family, from a family that has suffered loss, you know, because they can be very different as far as for, we talked about the opportunities of donation in the families that don't. But what is something that you would like to share that could influence the families after this loss and in leading into that grief journey of their own? I think one of the things that is really important for physicians and medical professionals to know and understand is that when you're dealing with a family who is going to leave your care and has just suffered the most horrific loss, that they are part of the beginning of that story. And honestly, Sean Paul, it's a privilege. And I feel like if every doctor or every nurse understood that, especially for bereaved parents, right, from that day going forward, we are sharing their story over and over to as many people that will allow us or that will listen. We're going to share Clint. You know, I, I can't tell you how many times I've shared Clint's story. And it's a love story. And if these physicians and these nurses could know that they are the beginning of what is somebody's profound love story, they are, they are a part of the continuation 
of this blossoming love that continues to grow. I mean, to me, that matters. And I often, you know, feel inclined to say to a doctor or to a nurse, are you proud of the care that you've provided these families? Because chances are, whatever you have given to them, whether it be care or whether it be kindness or just, you know, just being attentive or you've given them resources, you've given this family resources, do they feel cared for? Do they feel your compassion? Because I think that's so important that the beginning is, you know, they're part of, they're part of the beginning of, of somebody's story. And um, it's a continued story. Clint's story is still being shared, but I still talk about the doctor. I still talk about that impacted our lives. So it just matters. The care that you give matters. That is so important. And I appreciate you sharing it because, you know, in the, in the work that we do um, in the hospital, you know, sometimes I think there's a perspective that it doesn't, necessarily impact the physicians. We've done some surveys specifically with physicians over the last 10 years, but it's it's not just a numbered survey. There's a lot of personal feedback that is given. And we've had many comments written directly from them that a loss of a family is a loss for them. And it's so important for us to share, you know, that for us to have an understanding, to recognize that. And so for you or another family sharing about how that influences you all, I think it's going to make such a big impact. It, it already does. And so I'm glad that that is something that, you know, that we landed on. Well, I, I think then it's natural for people to want to feel connected to other people. And in those vulnerable moments, it is, it's vital. It's vital to these families to feel like their care team is um, somehow relatable. You know, it's just showing the human side, you know, um, we need to see that. You know, it's important. How does this not affect a medical team? Of course it does. You know, but often your medical professionals are taught to compartmentalize and they're taught to, you know what I mean? Like they have to. No, you're right. But it. then there's that I'm, human that aspect of it too, you know? Right. Because right. they don't they don't become numb to it. No. You know, I no. mean, it's it's they might not always be vulnerable and, and share it and right. be open with it. But it is something that they take with them. I mean, we've seen over the years, you know, um, how how much it impacts. I mean, you know, physician depression and just burnout and everything else. I mean, this this adds to it. It's, it's um, it plays all into it. And, and this is one thing too is that you know you were the you were the second donor family that I ever met when I started over twenty years ago. Oh, just wow. crazy. Wow. But one of the one of the first always said this, and I would. Uh, I would love to sh- to share it because, you know, I remember I wasn't a, even a parent at the time and mm. really just started with in the organ procurement organization industry. But it's something that just sat with me. And she said, you know, she had lost her son and she said, you know, they can't change the loss. They can't bring my child back. But what they can change is the experience that I go through as soon as I leave the doors of that hospital. That's exactly right. And that right there, that said perfectly because that sums up exactly how I feel. You know, they're, they're the continuation of, of this person's love story. And 
it matters how we go through life and continue to tell it. You know, do you want to be on the good side of the story or do you want to be the bad side of the story? You know, for me, it just, it only makes sense to show the human side of care. I really appreciate you being on here. I know that, um, you know, you have made such a difference in the community and in the lives of these families. I mean, you inspire me, you inspire so many others. And, uh, you know, we're just proud of you, you know, from how this journey began and, you know, the time in between, like you said, you know, just give me a year. And because this is, it's on your time frame. And I know you have a lot of faith and you were persistent and you were dedicated and you continue to make Clint proud. You continue to share his story and you also encourage other families to do the same. And so we are just grateful to be a part of that story, this love story. And I love that you put it like that. But, um, you know, I'm just I'm completely grateful. Uh, like I said, we've had so many conversations, but to come on here and to share this with the world, it just it means everything. And I'm so thankful. I love y'all so much. And you're right. We, um, you know, my role in this life now is I'm Clint's greatest storyteller. You know, I know him the best. And so I appreciate you letting me continue to do that to honor him. Thank you. We'll continue to be his storytellers as well, as well as all the other families. So, um, well, listen, I uh, won't be remiss to say that, the, you know, I, it was your birthday yesterday. So <laughs> a happy birthday. <laughs> I want to just go on the record and oh. just say this was a huge birthday party for you as well. And uh, so again, you, thanks again. Uh, we love you all. I love you. <laughs> thank you for listening. And thank you for being someone that truly cares about organ and tissue donation. It matters. You can register as an organ, eye, and tissue donor anytime at registerme.org. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to Connected by Life on your favorite podcast app. And remember, you're a light worker. Keep shining. a production of LOPA. The content in this podcast is intended for informational purposes only and not intended to substitute for professional medical advice. To read our full disclaimer, please visit our website. The Connected by Life podcast is hosted by myself, Sean Paul Harrison. Our executive producer is Kirsten Heinz. Our production assistant is Chandra Williams. And we are recorded, engineered, and mixed in our Covington, Louisiana studio by Troy Perez.